Hey everybody, good morning, afternoon or evening. This is John with Contract Diagnostics and this is Coffee and Contracts again. So we've talked about a lot of different topics. One of the things that impacts almost every physician is non-compete clauses. So there's a difference. Some states do allow them, some states don't. Of course, check the state requirements. There's always things changing on non-competes. But when it comes to non-competes, it's important to understand the difference of during the term and after the term. So there's very small micro-language changes that can sometimes be in there, and it might impact you during the term or after the term. Very important, of course. During the term is, very, is common. A lot of places, they want to maybe restrict, if you would call it that, outside activities. So maybe no moonlighting, no consulting, no expert testimony, none of those things unless you get permission while you work there. Employers typically do these things, one, to make sure that you're focusing on their position, two, to make sure that any conflicts of interests are avoided. There's no competitive activity while you're working with them and maybe moonlighting or sidelining for a competitor. And they also want to, most of the time, make sure that you've got separate malpractice insurance as they don't want any undue risk to you because the malpractice insurance that you currently have likely won't cover you for any outside work. And they may just want to restrict you because if they've got extra shifts, if they got extra call that could be taken, they want to make sure that you're focusing on their business prior to anybody else's that you're focusing on. So big difference between during the term, sometimes we call those outside activity restrictions or clauses It might be listed as a restrictive covenant during the term, it might be listed as a as an approval for outside activities, there might be conflicts of interest policies, those things are all super important as you look at your employment agreements. Now, the other thing is, of course, post-termination. So the non-competes that most people think of is post-termination non-competes. And it might say something like roughly for one year or two years, you can't work for a defined geographic area. It might be based on miles. It might be based on counties. It might be contiguous counties. It might be specific to certain hospitals or competitors. They oftentimes have lots of different clauses in them. So it might say 10 miles, you can't work for two years, but we need to know, is it from a primary location or from any location that you have worked or any location that the employer has? So important to know what's the definition of where they're measuring a particular radius from. Their business may expand over your employment with the company. And so if you work there for two years or three years and they grow from one or two practices, practice locations into five or six or 10, depending on the language, it might be from every single one of them. If your contract isn't specific about where you're going to work, if you have an outreach clinic and then you do call on a different hospital and do a case every once in a while at an ASC, all of those locations might be restricted from where you can work post-termination. So again, very important to understand the nuances in the language and what you can and can't do. Sometimes it's specific. You cannot do your particular specialty. You might be a dermatologist and it might be specific to cosmetic dermatology or maybe dermatology in general. You might be a specialized radiologist and it might be specific to radiology as a whole, or it might be a breast imager or it might be MSK, or it might be something specific to your individual specialty or subspecialty. So it's important to know what you can't do. Is it you can't work anywhere, meaning you can't even go to a startup, or you can't even work at, at any organization, let alone practicing medicine, or is it just in family practice, or is it ambulatory family practice, or is it, again, in medicine period? So lots of definitions in these things that's important to understand. It's also important to understand when they begun when they kick in. So obviously contracts, we talked termination in a previous coffee and contracts and pull that one up if you haven't. 
but it depends on the way the contract ends. Now, it makes sense if you take the job and they let you go for no good reason. They close the business down. They overhire. They lose a contract and they don't need their physicians. They terminate you without cause. It's fair for you to ask that it goes away, uh, that the non-compete goes away if that's how the agreement ends. We basically like to think if the contract ends for any reason outside of your control, it seems very reasonable for you to ask for forgiveness of the non-compete. And so that typically becomes a negotiation point with physicians and their employment contracts. If you've done nothing wrong and that's why you don't have a job, I don't know why they would restrict you. It doesn't make sense. It does, doesn't seem fair. Now, conversely, if you take a position and you work there for two years and you just want to go somewhere else, you made a bad choice. You leaving them impacts their business. It hurts them. They've got to find a replacement. That's very costly, hundreds of thousands of dollars potentially. So I understand that an employer would want to restrict a physician who just up and leave, even if they give the defined notice. It's important to know if it's during the initial term or after, if it kicks in right away, or if it's after a year of work, it's important to know if the contract just randomly expires, there's no renewal, what happens in that situation. So there's all kinds of things with restrictive covenants that are important to know. There's also buyout provisions in many of them. There's also non-solicitation. So it's one thing if you can't work, it might be a different thing if you can't solicit patients or you can't solicit employees. So some states might not be able to have non-competes in contracts, but they might have a non-solicitation. So what are your rights with your patient charts or the patients that you are currently serving? Should you go to a position across the street or within a mile or five or 10? Can you solicit your patients? Can you reach out to them? Can you take your favorite nurse? All these things are super important to understand in your employment contract. And so make sure that you do a very, very thorough deep dive into the restrictions in a contract, both during the term and after the term, because it, there might be a lot of things in there that really impact your ability to work and to find income and to, and to be able to provide your craft based on when the contract ends, how it ends, what the radius is, what the definition are. So, so check all those things out when it comes to non-competes. It's something that piques everyone's interest. And we think it's something that's very important and, ap and applicable to everybody's position. Again, I'm John. We have contract diagnostics. We'd love to help in any way that we can. If it's a free consult, if it's doing a contract review, if it's giving you our consulting frame and compensation data, whatever it is, reach out to us at contractdiagnostics.com. And thanks again to Financial Residency for allowing us this platform to show everything that we've, or much of what we've learned over the past 12 years, helping well over 10,000 physicians and their families.